Good morning, friends. How are you guys doing today? Good? Okay, glad to be back with you. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys remember last time, but I said that uh, for the rest of the times I'm here in the fall, we're going to be talking about four different things. Uh, because psychology has shown that really every emotion we feel is made up of five different elements. The positive one is happiness, and the rest are negative. The four negative emotions that we all struggle with at different points to different extents are shame, sadness, fear, and anger. Uh, Shame, sadness, fear, and anger. And what I want to convince you guys of is that really as Christians... We're the only ones that truly have the tools capable of living in a world where these things are so prevalent in a way that doesn't destroy our lives. Uh, We talked about shame shame last time and how the gospel frees us from shame. I want to talk today about sadness. We're going to talk about sadness, a little bit about what it is and uh, what are some promises from God's word that help us deal with the sadness that we inevitably feel. Um, So what are we talking about when we're talking about sadness? Uh, If you look up synonyms for sadness in your dictionary, you'll come across with words such as dejection, depression, downheartedness, despair, low spirits, to be down. And if if you'll notice, if you're listening to each of those, a bunch of them start with D-E, depressed, dejected, despairing. And I'm sure you guys study Latin roots and all those sorts of things here. Uh, But that uh, prefix D, it it basically is the idea of going down, of descent. And it's interesting, when we're sad, we do use this language of being down. And so I was thinking about this. This is really interesting. When we think about what are we basically visualizing when we're talking about all these things relating to sadness. And it's really this idea of a moving down in ourselves... And what happens there, and this is what I really think is at the heart of this, is it's a loss of perspective. Because you see, the lower you go, the less you can see. The less perspective you have on life. Um, uh, if I, okay, if I want to, like, let me illustrate this. If I'm down here, I can't see a thing. I have no perspective on what's around me. I can only see what's right in front of me. But if I'm up here, I can see each one of you. I can see the scope of the whole room. And so that's what happens when we are down, when we get sad, what is right in front of us ends up being all we can see. And it's difficult to have hope for the future. And it's interesting, too, because we often think that sadness is related to our past. Um, Because really, in this world, there's a lot to be sad about. Uh, Sin has caused so much brokenness, and there's a lot in our families that can be sad about. Some of you have a lot of sadness in your life at home. Uh, There can be things to be sad about at school, because there's a lot of challenges in life, and there's a lot of things that are difficult, and there's a lot of ways other people have made life difficult for us. Uh, There's a lot of ways we've made life difficult for ourselves, and it can be sad, and The difficulty is when you're down and you lose this perspective, it's difficult to have any hope for the future. And so when we think about, we think about sadness often as being past, but if you think of um, someone who's maybe grieving for a lost loved one, when they think back to the past, those memories actually bring a lot of joy. But what's most grievous is thinking of a future with that loss. It's when you think of a future without that person in your life, and that's, so sadness is actually future-oriented to a large extent. But when you are down, 
and really low in your perspective, there's, it's difficult to see any hope in the future. It's difficult to see how there could be happiness again in the future. And so it's difficult to hope in these circumstances when your perspective is so narrowed. And you need to find some way to rise above to see further. But uh, here's the problem often is because we've maybe been hurt when we've dared to hope. Uh, The Proverbs say that hope deferred. When your hope doesn't pan out, it makes your heart sick. It could almost, I could say it gives you a sad heart. Um, And so it's often easier to stay low instead of getting back up. Here's kind of what I mean. Um, This is an illustration maybe from my own life. One thing that I really struggled with uh, during my 20s is I, uh, as you guys know, I just got married this past year, but I wanted to get married for quite a while before that. But a lot of relationships and things I pursued there really didn't pan out. And it was actually a really challenging road for me. Uh, But the sadness that comes with that and the struggle is that if I pluck up courage again, to ask this new girl out, what have you, it's difficult to worry, but what if my heart gets broken again? Why would I build up all this courage? And you know, it takes a lot of courage to ask someone out, and you get psyched up, and if you're just going to be let down again, it's like, that hurts more. Uh, it's easier to be like, uh, I was like, have you guys seen, there's that old classic Christmas movie, um, A Christmas Story, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a scene where like, the bullies come, and they knock down um, the little brother, and uh, the narrator says this line that I love. He goes, Ralph, he lit, laid there like a slug. It was his only defense. And sometimes that's the way we feel. It's like, why would I get back up? It's safer to just stay down. It's safer to not dare try again to make friends. It's safer to not try to have a good relationship with my parents. So what we need is hope and courage for the future. And here's the lie that, we're dare, that we believe often when we're sad, is that if I dare to hope, I'll probably just be hurt. And we really do have a crisis of sadness in our society. Um, the rates of depression are soaring. Uh, rates of suicide are soaring. Medication for all these things. Uh, we live in a very sad time. Even though in so many ways the world is the best it's ever been, there's an epidemic of sadness. And I think part of this is because the world doesn't have the tools to truly deal with sadness. Um, and what are these tools? There's, I would say there's two main things that I was thinking of that really help us when we're down. And want, the first is having that hope that sees the light at the end of the tunnel, that there is a bright future ahead. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. And the second is to have someone to walk with you through the tunnel, through the darkness as you're seeking to move towards the light. And in the world, if this life is all there is, there is no ultimate hope at the end of the tunnel. And there's no ultimate hope even in this life because sometimes sad circumstances never change. Some family disharmonies never become harmonious. Some illnesses never repair. So if in this life is all someone can put their hope in, They don't actually have that light at the end of the tunnel. And secondly, uh, to have someone to be with you in sadness is so essential. But some some people in this world are so isolated. And if you hope in people, people can fail you. And sometimes there isn't someone who is going to be there to be a friend. And if that's where you have to put your hope, you don't have anything. But we as Christians, we have 
sure hope in both these categories because we have the light at the end of the tunnel and not just the hope of heaven, but the light that has broken into this world in the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ that is broken in. And we also have the sure promise of one to walk beside us, the comforter, the Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew 5. Matthew 5, verses 3 to 4. And I just want to share with you these two promises, two promises from the word of God to help us in our sadness that I think will make all the difference. Matthew 5, verses 3 to 4. Matthew 5, verse 3 says, Blessed, or happy, this could be translated, are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And secondly, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. I want you, when, if you're struggling with sadness, you're struggling with being down, take hold of these two promises that blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom, and blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. So this is how we should use both of those. Blessed are the poor in spirit. That is those who have been brought low. Those who have realized that you don't have enough inside yourself to create a full, happy, and satisfying life. And the Bible says that the kingdom of heaven belongs to those. And it's a beautiful truth because those who think they have it all together, those are often the ones that the kingdom of heaven is furthest from. And what does Jesus say? But it's difficult for the rich to enter the kingdom of God because they think they already have all they need. But to be spiritually poor is to realize we have nothing really in and of ourselves to bring us the life that we would truly desire. And the kingdom of heaven belongs to you in this state because you're the one willing and ready to accept it. Because you see how much you need it. Now, how does the kingdom of heaven comfort us? Uh, The kingdom of heaven comforts us like that light at the end of the tunnel. And in a world of darkness, the kingdom of God has broken in. And the kingdom of heaven is here but it's also still to come. We look forward to that day when there will be no more darkness and we will be living in perfect, glorious light. But for now, though there is still much darkness in the world, the kingdom of heaven, the light has broken in. And as we progress near to the end, the light gets brighter and brighter. And what is the kingdom of heaven? Romans 14 says that it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is not here or there, it's within you. And so in sadness, if you have turned to Jesus as the king of the kingdom and said, I want you, Jesus, to be the king of my life. I want to walk in your ways. I want to know how to be like you. The kingdom of heaven invades your own heart and it gives you righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness because everything wrong you've ever done is made as if it was right in the eyes of God, as Jesus covers you as you put your hope in him. Peace because you have been brought to have peace with God. That is a relationship with God as a loving heavenly father. And joy, a deep relationship with the Holy Spirit that can allow us to rejoice in this life. And so if this kingdom of heaven is within you, you can look to what God has done. And as you grow with God in the darkness, remind yourself of the fact that I've been made righteous in Christ. I've been given a relationship with God. I can have joy in the Holy Spirit. And as you seek to follow the king and obey the king, these things grow in your heart. You grow in a life of righteousness. You grow in a life of peace with yourself, peace with others. And you grow in a life of joy. So you have to invest in the way of the king, following the way of Jesus. And as you do that, you can have hope 
that the light will brighten, the dawn will come, and ultimately we have that hope of glory that one day all things will be made new. You have the promise of the kingdom to those who are poor in spirit. But secondly, the promise of comfort to those who mourn. Jesus said to his disciples, it is good that I go away, because if I go away, then I'll send the comforter to you, the Holy Spirit, the helper. This is a Greek word paraclete, which means actually to come alongside. The Holy Spirit is like that friend that comes alongside you in the darkness and is there with you even if it seems like no one else is. He's called the comforter. And the Holy Spirit is the one who, uh, uh, Romans 5 says, sheds abroad the love of God in our hearts. Everything good that we'll find in the darkness comes by way of the Holy Spirit's influence in our life. And what, what we have here is what the Holy Spirit does is he shows you, as you develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit, he shows you how much the Father loves you. That even in your saddest circumstance, you're loved by a heavenly Father. He shows you the Son's grace. That even in your worst failures and sins and wretchedness, that the Son has grace to redeem and restore you. And he offers you a fellowship, a communion, a friendship with him. And so even if there's no one else, to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit, that he would walk beside you. This is a promise. And he's especially near to those who mourn. The Bible says that God is near to the brokenhearted. He's near to those who have a broken spirit. And so if you're feeling you have a broken spirit today, a broken heart, ask God to show you who he is through the spirit. Ask him to fill you with the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And there's a beautiful promise in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 where he says, God comforts us in all our afflictions that we may then learn to comfort others with the comfort that we've received. And as you grow to develop and enjoy the comfort of God, You can be a comforter to others. And for those of you here, maybe you're not struggling with sadness, but maybe you have a friend who's depressed, a friend who's really down. Um, It's hard to know the right things to say. It's really hard to know how to help. But I would just encourage you, be like the Holy Spirit and just walk beside them. Just be a friend who is near, who's there, and who's willing to care, to ask how they're doing, to pray with them, to pray for them, and walk alongside them. But we remember there's a friend that sticks closer than than a brother. Uh, We have a good God who's with us, who's among us, and who is more loving than anyone else in this whole world. Uh, Let's pray. (coughs) Heavenly Father, it's so good to be your kids. Lord, would we know what it is to be loved by you? Would we know what it's like to live a life filled with the grace of the Lord Jesus? And what it's like to have your Holy Spirit walk beside us. God, I pray for anyone here that's down or dejected in heart. That you would help them lift up their eyes to the King of Kings. Help them to lift up their eyes to the love of God. That they would see your kingdom coming. That they would look to the hope of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And that they would learn what it means to walk in the way of Jesus. And to develop a friendship with the Holy Spirit. The one who always comes to our aid. The one who never fails. Thank you, Lord, for these things. Be with us this day. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen.